Welcome to Interfaith Ministries' Interfaith Podcast Series, which is a part of our Faith in Our City program under the umbrella of IM's Dialogue Project. The Dialogue Project's Faith in Our City program is Interfaith Ministries' effort to increase religious literacy and break down walls of misunderstanding across religious traditions. We're grateful to the Freed Foundation for its support of this program. I'm the Reverend Greg Hahn, and I'm the Director of Interfaith Relations out of the Department of Interfaith Relations and Community Partnerships here at Interfaith Ministries. So this series is an introduction to religions, but through learning more about the holidays and holy days of a religion. And today we're focusing on the Hindu tradition. And I have here with me my friend, Dr. Harish Chandra from Arya Samaj, Greater Houston. Dr. Chandra, it's good to see you today. Very nice to be here. Um, tell us a little bit first about your community, uh, about Arya Samaj. Uh, well, you know, Hinduism is a bit unusual religion because it doesn't have a specific founder or any date of founding also. And in our terms, we call it Sanatan Dharma. Right. Sanatan term, Sanskrit term, meaning eternal principles. Of course, today, modern times, we are used to the two boxes of science and religion and they don't quite fit well, but we somehow manage mm -hmm. getting along. But imagine before, say, all these religions are about 4,500 years or 5,000 years old, but humanity has been around hundreds of thousand years. So prior to these 5,000 years, how did the people manage? So if you can imagine, there is a thought process which is amalgamation of both science and religion that would be the Sanatan Dharma. Right. So Aishmaj is a new kind of movement founded by a gentleman in Gujarat called uh, Dayananda Saraswati mm -hmm. uh, in 1875. So it's quite new that way. But uh, its uh, charter is to take uh, the, com and it's not religion based as such. Anybody interested in knowing those eternal principles is welcome to it. So one way you can look at it, it is a reform movement of Hinduism right. and it is spread over many countries in the world and in Houston, in the western part of Houston, we have a unit called Ice Mars Greater Houston and uh, it's quite wide-bent organization with mm -hmm. a school, elementary school as well as Sunday school functioning. Right. Diversity is the hallmark of, because it's because of its age, mm -hmm. because of the time period it has remained. By modern standards, it is uh, to say oldest religion. So the fact that it has diverted from one path to many other paths has given rise to many sects. Right. But that also is its core strength because it's of the inherent core principles which almost every sect has inherited. And that's what is binding all of them. So there are certain Visibly, we are quite diverse, but at the core principles, there's many things which bind us together. What happens in your community on, on a weekly basis? On a, of course, we, I think when we talk about these holidays, etc., it is all concept of time, which is our calendar, almanac, so to say. So we are, again, uh, uh, you know, uh, proud to have a tradition where our ancestors were able to measure time in a very scientific manner. So we have a calendar which is quite scientific in the sense uh, 
if you are slightly educated you are lost in a forest still if you see the sky in the day and in the evening you will be able to say what month and what day of this is so you know we are having a lunar month but uh, we align ourselves with the solar year mm -hmm. every periodically three to four years later there is an extra month so to say so because there are 28 days in a lunar month and there are about 365 days in a year mm -hmm. solar year so there has to be some sort of a this mismatch has to be corrected. Right. That means otherwise uh, a holiday based on a lunar month would change about yeah, a month. Like it happens in say Ramadan. Yes, that would change about, not to, a, not a, to criticize right, it, about 11 but days. But if you follow only lunar month, then that same festival sometime is in summer, right. sometime it is in winter. Right. And, uh, and if you just follow the solar month, then uh, there is no such as, uh, there is no way that this is Sunday or Monday. How, how do you know this right. is, you know, this is just, you have to see the calendar. So that additional month every so often will keep holidays based on a lunar calendar yeah. in the similar area time-wise in, in the solar calendar. Yeah. Okay. So the spring will always come in a particular month. Not the holidays. At that time there were no holidays. Right. But the six weathers conditions, six weathers were there, six seasons were there. Uh -huh. So they were allotted two months each. So, you know, they were at the, around the same time in terms of solar and lunar events. Right. Like spring season must be when spring actually is forth. Right. Right? So, the month is Chet, that is the start of the year, new year, and uh, that is around what is March and April when the, you know, the nature is also is the onset of new year. Right. So, that begins our that is a brief remark about our calendar then obviously as you may be aware that most of our festivals are not coming by solar months it is coming by lunar months okay. so they don't quite fit on a particular october like our diwali right. this time it is on 7th november right. but last year it was some last week of october right. so it moves around right. but, but within a within i a will range. say 15th october to 15th november, november. Right. Because that extra month will always bring it back to the right. So starting with this, I think if we don't quite have that holy days, uh, because there is no founder and right. there is no right. uh, such things. Right. So I think our festival started with the just kind of seeing and uh, glorification of the natural events and uh, aligning ourselves mainly with the harvest, basically. Okay and spring and such things. So, where do you, where's a good place to begin as we kind of travel our way through the kind of the Hindu religious calendar? Yeah, I think if we start with the spring, then that is a time to, uh, I think first harvest season comes around November, October, November. Mm -hmm. That gives rise to a important festival of Diwali. Okay. But I will take a back step because there was another, if it is slightly India-centric. So in India, in the month of August, etc., this is a rainy season. Okay. So that month was called as Shavan Maas, Shavan Maas. Shavan means hearing. So as if everybody closed down his business and they went to monasteries or some, uh, you know, what is called Gurukul 
teachers uh, school boarding school. So, even householders and they would devote that particular month listening to the message of the literature etcetera. Okay. So, August. So, Shavan means hearing. So, as if because it is a rainy season you cannot do much of the work <laughs> and uh, the agriculture is also almost automated at that time everything is getting good water. So, the people could uh, devote their time as if to studies and they this month was called as Shawan Mas. So, that is looking in our calendar around August uh, yeah, and then moving into into the 8 days the after this is Ashtami is 8 day. So, that happens to be so to say holy because we have two heroic figures Rama and Krishna. Rama and Krishna yeah, right. They are very important because uh, uh, they are just nice people not extraordinarily learned or what we call rishis, but uh, they were able to lead a life even in difficult times where they uh, they become embodiment of all the nice human principles mm -hmm. which they did not give up even in the difficult situations. Mm -hmm. So, Krishna's birth is in this particular Shavan month uh, 8 days after the full moon. So, 8th is uh, Sanskrit time is Ashtami. Ashta sounds like octa, uh -huh. so that may give you some familiarity. Right. So, Janmashtami is 8 day after the full moon and that is his birthday. Right, and I know here in Houston, Janmashtami, the, the yeah, birth of Krishna is a very um, popular and kind of a uh, universally celebrated. Yeah. It's, it's I, a, and I have seen the Hindu community will come together yeah, seen you are at, right. at, the, at the George R. Brown yeah. and so yeah, it seems yeah. to be kind of a pan-Hindu event yeah. at least here in Houston. Very correct. Uh, the, the Hindus of Greater Houston, all the Hindu temples together, they have chosen this festival right. as to be uh, as to showcase right. to the Houston community at large. And I can appreciate how important that is, knowing that um, each Hindu community probably has certain festivals they'll consider important that others may not celebrate and others will more important that others won't celebrate as 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 much but to choose one for the whole community yeah. to use as a as a community yeah. celebration sure, that sure. therefore is really important with how diverse the tradition is yeah i would just like to correct there is no festival that nobody will celebrate okay it's only degree of excitement okay somebody and it must have been changing with time also because uh, with time many things change even you will see certain festivals are, are celebrated in a very different manner than what they were long ago in historical time. So, after Janmashtami we are coming into September, late September, October in our Yeah, calendar. then we come to October and November. So, that Diwali is of course, the major okay. festival and equally important is what is called Holi that is a spring festival, but uh, spring uh, color festival right. uh, at slightly before onset of spring. So, let us start with. So, that will be coming uh, towards the, the end of our calendar. So, let us keep on Diwali then. That yeah, the Diwali and Holi the common part was the new harvest. So, uh, that is called now Shashyashti. Shashi is the new food grain which has been grown in the agriculture. So, the custom was I am sure in every community there is something like even in your backyard if your apple tree has given you new harvest, mm -hmm. you pluck out those uh, 
but I am sure most of the people will think, let's share it with others. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have a bag full of apples from your own backyard, but you want to just give it a couple of them to your neighbor, to your friends, etc., etc. So, this has been a tradition. In, uh, in our case, we say we don't eat the first fruit. It has to be gifted to somebody. Oh. First, you cannot eat yourself. Otherwise, in uh, Vedas, there is a saying, ke uladi, ke uladi. if you eat alone, you are eating the sins. You are filling up yourself with sins. So, this is not the right thing. Really this is not what nature is teaching us. So, you know, the idea was how to share with us. So, the best way they noticed by that time, of course, they had invented the fire, etc. So, they said, if I put that in fire, then it vaporizes that and it goes it to spreads all, all around. So, that's what gave rise to the start of uh, what we call Agnihote, Havan and all. But now, down the timeline, it has become like uh, candles and… Right. Uh, Diwali is uh, often known then as it the, has become the festival of lights. Festival of lights. Right. Yeah. And uh, since it was on a new moon day, it, uh, when it is dark night, it has that significance. So, what I, what I hear you saying is that it's a festival, like many festivals, that's multi-layered, that perhaps started originally as a, as a harvest festival, as a sharing festival, yeah. but evolved and there were different layers put on, whether it was the festival Just because it is celebration, uh -huh. people find different Dif ways. And now, I need to go back slightly, having brought the Ram into picture, that uh, uh, 20 days before that, there is a Dashmi, 10th day, because you know it is a lunar month. So, about 15 or 14 days on the bright moon side and on the new moon side. So, uh, Diwali is the new moon. Mm -hmm. About 14, 15 days before that is the full moon night. And five days before then, it will be 10th evening. So, that is called Dashmi. Mm -hmm. So, that gives rise to another. That festival has in certain part of India has become more prominent even than Diwali. You know, it depends where you are in India. Somewhere Diwali is major, but somewhere Vijayadashmi is major festival. And Vijayadashmi is also called Dashaya, and in Bengal it is called Durga Puja. So, there are different names. Right. But uh, bec bec that Dashmi is important, tenth day, when it is said that Rama, Ram killed his adversary, Ravan, who had kidnapped his wife and Sita, all that. Right. So, then uh, there is a whole nine days festival, so which culminates into the tenth day. So, this nine day is called as Navayati, which you might have heard. Right, Gujarati community has a lot of folk dances <laughs> called Garba. So, uh, this Vijayadashmi uh, has many connotations in different parts of the country and it is a very prominent festival. So, I, th I think it's really helpful, what you're, what you're pointing out is really helpful in that there's a variety of ways that a festival can be interpreted yeah. and that some festivals may be more prominent in certain areas, particularly of India, and, uh, and another festival right around that time may be more popularly celebrated. Yeah. I think Holi will be the next prominent about five to six months later hmm. and uh, even now as it uh, to mark that festival, uh, it comes on the full moon night mm -hmm. and on the full moon night people gather around the so-called bonfire and they have a fun and uh, dance and all that. 
and next morning they play with colored waters with color etc and so that's again that it's a harvest festival but a lot of people will recognize holy then as the, the we'll call it the festival of colors and yeah. that's another kind of complexity that was probably layered on top yeah. of of uh, an way existing too, way ha harvest harvest festival way too, sounds like it's so, good you know all kinds of diversity is sure <laughs> it's very difficult to make a statement which everybody will say yes right. Uh, the degree of uh, uh, homogeneity is, uh, is very difficult to... <laughs> what is it that you want people to experience when they come to, when they gather for these, uh, for these special occasions? I think uh, the core message is we see this visible world, which is a beautiful world, but, uh, uh, but as a human being we are privileged to extrapolate about that beautiful invisible force behind this visible world. So, you know, all our attempts go to who is that original cause of all these events and to get a taste of that, like some kind of nearness, being with him. Uh, all these uh, philosophy and festivals and all these uh, bring us to an occasion where we quietly sit down and think about that and how to realize that you know who has brought us into the world mm -hmm. and where will I go from here and what am I expected here so you know all these are difficult questions but they have to be answered to make your life more meaningful and purposeful and also hopefully that's what makes it more enjoyable mm -hmm. Well, Dr. Chandra, as always, it's good to spend time with you. I appreciate your time and uh, for being part of our project. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. Thanks again for joining us for this edition of the Interfaith Podcast Series. Contact us at ircp at imgh.org or visit www.imgh.org to learn more about us and how to support our work. Mm -hmm.